Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Curtis and I are drafting an FFPC team on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into Roto-Viz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Roto-Viz bringing you a live draft, if you will. We are going to be recording ourselves drafting an FFPC team in the Football Guys Players Championship. This is the second episode of the week, hitting the middle portions of the draft. If you want to hear the picks made prior, go and check out Tuesday's episode. So our squad through six rounds, uh, round one, Tyreek, round two, Jonathan Taylor. Round three, Tyler Lockett. Round four, TJ Hawkinson, just a little bit below ADP. And we got him at tight end four. Got to love that. Uh, Javante Williams with a big swing there for a really exciting pairing of, of young running backs at the 5'11", and then Juju at 6'02". So as we look forward to 7'11", we're then getting into the late 70s to you know mid to late 80s. It, you know, I, we start setting our player target uh, brackets a little wider. Yep. Um, pe- people start holding to ADP a little bit less as, as we advance through the draft. And, th- and that becomes even more and more true. You know, you can see, uh, this information, you know, on Rotoviz, you know, things like standard deviation, uh, can help to paint a picture. You know, we have a, dra- a draft availability tool, um, that was just uh, released by Matt Spencer in the last few days. It's really cool. Um, so Dave, I'm going to, um, just for illustration purposes, I'm going to add some players to the queue. And then, you know, why don't you run us through, you know, the probability of those players being available. Um, I am going to add Russell Wilson. I think that would be an interesting stack with, with Tyler Lockett um, at this next turn. Uh, could be pretty interesting. Antonio Brown and Cortland Sutton uh, give us some additional wide receiver targets. Uh, we get into, you know, after... Oh, Daryl Henderson finally just went in the seventh round. Wow. Man, mighty have fallen. Wow. What a value. I'm a little jealous. Oh, Pat, our friend Pat Thorman yep. takes Daryl Henderson at the 612. That's dirty, man. He was able to start with, oh, you know, CMC, 
I just hate him getting that. You should see there. This, so this is the second league I've been in with Pat Thorman this year, where he's had the first pick, and the other team he put together was just absolutely stupid. I he, mean, he also got Dave. He, DeAndre Swift fell to Pat at five hundred one yeah. in this draft. So Pat's opening I in mean, the other league was CMC, Antonio Gibson, and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, it's the, the one on one's a dirty spot. I mean, he's got an advantage we don't have, uh, but that's <laughs> fine. I think I think when when it's all said and done. We're going to be able to stack these teams up against each other and we're going to be, you know, feel pretty good about having a, having a shot here. Um, okay. So I've got Michael Thomas, Russell Wilson and Antonio Brown in there. Why don't you just give us some probabilities and uh, we'll, we'll keep adding, you know, some additional targets here as well. Yep. So Antonio Brown, we have a 29% chance of uh, coming back around to us. Um, Michael Thomas, 64%. Uh, who was the other name you had said in there? Well, I had Russell Wilson, but he just went. Okay. Um, other players in the range, you know, let's talk about, you know, maybe a, an unsexy, but, you know, potentially exciting if Zach Wilson's the real deal. Uh, Corey Davis um, as a potential eighth round pick. He does have a week six buy, uh, should get a lot of targets uh, yep. funneled his way. What's his availability at like the 802? Yeah. So um, at our next pick, uh, it is a 73% chance and then 64% would be, um, at our eighth pick. Now, um, you can look out two picks in the draft dashboard. I don't know if in the, um, the new tool that we just launched, but both of those are places that you can go if you're trying to figure things out. Um, you know, in terms of, of what a player's availability will look like. Okay. Um, so I think the big, dis- I mean, we've got three wide receivers in our queue here. Uh, um, this is what well, Antonio Brown just gets cleared out. Um, this is the range, you know, that you, that you think about, you know, player like AJ Dillon, you know, who is very high, uh, on our list. Um, this is right in the range where you have to take him. Uh, we passed on him in round, I, I believe we passed on him at the eight Oh four yesterday and he went at the eight Oh five. He went one pick later. Um, so we know this is the range, you know, no offense here. We're already covered on tight end. Aaron Rodgers is really Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert are the quarterbacks uh, that go in this range. So it's, we're in a little bit of a dead tier here. Um, Hey, so natural question. Yeah, go ahead. Do we want to try to, do we want to try to like slate in Jalen hurts as our quarterback and work around that? I mean, he has, he has been, he has been, you know, potentially, uh, you know, one of the mascots of his pod. Um, what round are you thinking we would, if if we're going to do that, you know, his ADP is at the end of the 10th. Yep. Um, we, we would probably feel pretty good about having him at 10 Oh two going nearly a full round early. Yeah. And, And I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we he started to fall. So then you could have a backup plan of of Ryan Tannehill or even Justin Fields or Joe Burrow. I guess my yes, question would we be: We saw we saw them last very late yesterday, right? So if you look at the yeah. team right now, um, just to recap: so we have Hill, Jonathan Taylor, Tyler Lockett, T.J. Hawkinson, Javante Williams. Next. I kind of feel like with the, with those quarterbacks sitting out there at the time for the time being, I want to try to get some beef in the um, wide receiver core. What now do you think? You are on the clock. I, I agree, but unfortunately, Corey Davis and Michael Thomas go right before a pick. Um, so so now we're on the clock. If we want to go wide receiver here, our best options are Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Marquez Callaway, Mike Williams. 
Um, you know, there's Will so, Fuller coming up later too, and Michael Hardman at points. Um, yeah, we'd have to go. I think we'd almost have to go round eight on four. Right. Um, so we've got 30 seconds for this first pick. Um, do you have? Do you want to? Do you want to go AJ Dillon um, or Michael Gallup? Those are. I mean, and Gallup's early, but that's where we're at. It's like Dillon, Cooks, Gallup are Dude, really the three. Um, I actually or Raheem Mostert. You can go Raheem Mostert as a bridge to Javon. Fifteen Javante seconds left. Fifteen seconds. I think I actually would go Gallup. Let's you, go Gallup. Feel free to override though. I'm fine. I'm fine. I think, I think we can get Moster or Dylan in round right. eight. If we're, if we're sick of the uh, wide receiver targets. Yeah. That's kind uh, of what our, I was our guy at the turn that. here. Yeah. Our guy at the turn is very running back heavy. So I would expect him to be. You are up next. Yeah. Wide receiver heavy here. And he goes, Mike Williams yep. in his first selection there. Yep. And Michael Gallup is a really interesting case. We might have to come back to to revisiting now that. You are on the clock. Okay, and then Raheem Mostert just went. So, you know, we're left in a situation here, Curtis, where maybe you're looking at Brandon Cooks, Callaway, you know, Jalen Waddle could get into the conversation, perhaps Will Fuller or the running back. Do you feel with the Taylor and Williams start that we could use a little bit of depth at running back? You know, Damian Harris is kind of interesting too. Yeah, Damian Harris uh, does have a week 14 buy like Jonathan Taylor. Oh, right. Um, so that's a little bit unfortunate. Dylan has a week 13 buy. Um, I'd pr- of the two, even though Harris has a much more concrete role, you know, I'm probably leaning a little bit more towards Dylan because of that bye week context. We've got about 30 seconds. Um, I would be I would be okay with Harris and we figure out a you know patchwork approach later. Um, I would be okay with Dylan. Um, and I'd be okay with a reach on left. Fuller. You have a you have a preference. I don't have a preference. Why don't you pick this one? Okay. I'm going to go early on Fuller with a big swing. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay. I, I I like that. So now our wide receiver court, we have Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller, Tyree Kill, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Michael Gallup. I think that's an exciting group of players that's pretty balanced. You know, the interesting thing with Michael Gallup here is we've seen how good Michael Gallup can be. We know that with Dak in that Cowboys offense, it should be pretty explosive. We've seen other teams support three wide receivers. With Dak back, I don't think that there's any reason that we can't have Gallup, Amari, and CeeDee Lamb making a push to put three of them in the top 36 wide receivers. And if Amari misses time, then naturally you have Michael Gallup looking like a pretty solid wide receiver too, in my opinion, Curtis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a path for Fuller or for really for Fuller, Gallup and Juju, you know, there, there's a pretty clear path for all of them um, to finish in that range. Um, we'll probably have trouble setting our lineup and figuring out which guy we <laughs> want to leave out each week, but it's okay. I mean, you know, the only, the only doubled up by week we have currently is week seven amongst our wide receiver core with Juju and, and Michael Gallup there. Um, and so, you know, that, that works out nicely. Um, so I think as we look forward to rounds nine and 10, we start thinking about um, an RB three, uh, we yep. start thinking about a quarterback perhaps. Um, and there's also some, you know, some really interesting wide receivers that we would still probably have uh, some interest uh, in, in that area of the draft. So, I mean, quarterbacks can fall, man. You know, we saw Aaron Rodgers, I think fell to the ninth round yesterday. That'd be fantastic value on this team to get a potential overall quarterback one um, Tom Brady and at the end of round nine uh, would be exciting to add to this squad. 
Um, but I'm also fine, you know, going a different position in round nine and then maybe grabbing Hertz in 10 or 11 with the bailout plan that you had talked about. If we went running back at, with one of the two next picks, I'm going to assume that Dylan will be long gone. Uh, Zach Moss will probably also be gone. So you're getting into that James Connor range. We did draft Connor in our quad own team, you know, with Sean and Blair. Uh, Jamal Williams is not a player we're interested in. Leonard Fournette's not really a player we're interested in. We did have the Rojo versus Leonard Fournette conversation as at the ownership group. And we all kind of landed on Rojo. Um, Blair in particular raised some concerns about Geo, which I thought, you know, were, were fairly well warranted. But, you know, Rojo did smash, you know, the beginning of the season uh, until his role came into question last year. And he could be a potential bridge, you know, to Javante Williams really exploding, which I think is interesting. We do see Tony Pollard in this range, Kenyon Drake, Devin Singletary. Those are really the backs. Anybody stand out in that group to you, Dave? Um, let me digest that for a second. Actually, I was updating a couple of things. Um, you know, it might just be that preseason touchdown, but I'm, I'm kind of interested in Ronald Jones lately. Did you mention him? I did, yeah. So I'm adding the guys to the queue that, that we talked about just for visual reference. Um, so we're talking really, I mean, and we expect Dylan and Moss to be gone, Yep. uh, as it stands at eight Oh seven, they're still on the board, but you know, we got around and a half left till we select. Uh, so we're talking really probably James Connor, Ronald Jones, Tony Pollard, Kenyon Drake, Devin Singletary, you know, that's right. I actually group. Yeah. So I think Jones and Pollard would probably be my top two. And I actually don't hate Devin Singletary, um, as a possibility this year good offense. I don't think that you're going to see Zach Moss or Singletary run away with it, but they're good enough of a team. And I think both backs are competent enough that we're still going to see them produce fantasy points at a level that does make them useful to roster. And I can see Singletary getting into our lineup here and there. Yeah. I mean, I think all any of these backs would make it into our lineup uh, for sure at some point. Yep. Um, Thinking about like the path to upside, I do, I do have some disagreement with Sean on the Buffalo backs. Um, even if one did emerge, you know, you, you're, while it's exciting that Buffalo has a high powered offense, um, you know, we do see Josh Allen, you know, year after year being a pretty, you know, big, um, touchdown vulture, uh, to that, that rushing game, um, in, in a way that we wouldn't see, you know, potentially for Ronald Jones, you know, if Ronald Jones runs away with the job, he's not competing with Tom Brady for, you know, six to eight rushing touchdowns. If Tony Pollard, even, even in Dallas, I mean, Dak is, you know, simply not, um, especially probably coming off of his injury, uh, not going to be the same threat that the Josh Allen is going to be for rushing touchdowns. I don't think. And then even Kenyon Drake, I know Kenyon Drake is not the type of back Rotoviz would typically get excited about, but you know, he's found a way to be really fantasy useful, um, the last several seasons and, uh, you know, the Raiders are, they seem insistent on uh, carving into, um, Josh Jacobs role there. So if he, you know, if he were the only one out of this cohort that, that lasts, I wouldn't necessarily rule him out. Yeah, I think that that is perfectly, uh, fair of an argument to make. You know, the other thing that I wanted to mention, just as we're talking about Ronald Jones too, is. Like, I understand that there's the other backs there, but it does seem to me at this point, Ronald Jones looks by and large the most likely player to win that first and second down role, which on a team like Tampa Bay mm-hmm. is enough to make him useful 
week to week, right? So even if Geo comes out and smashes, I don't think that you're going to see Geo ascending into this role where he starts eating significantly into the workload that would be expected to be allocated to Ronald Jones. Yeah, if, if if Jones gets the type of role you're talking about, what we basically have is the Damian Harris role, except on a way better team. <laughs> so exactly. So yeah. Uh, so so yeah. yeah I, I really you know I kind of glossed over Rojo because um, we found alignment on him uh, in our last yep. draft uh, together, and I just wanted to make sure that we got through the rest of the group. Yeah, I, I do think that would that would be my preference among the backs. Um, Looks like you know we could have a handful of these guys available when when we get to nine eleven. Interestingly enough, at nine oh five, AJ Dillon is still available. Wow. We need to make at least six more picks, but this is later than he typically goes. Um, we also find find uh, this is pretty late for him too. Um, Justin Herbert's still available. Yeah, let me look. So the, the quarterbacks right now: Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Hurts. And then I Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Herbert and Brady, a clear peg above the rest of those guys. I would have, yep. you know, Hurt separated from the rest of that pack uh, that you mentioned after Brady. But Herbert and Brady are locked into the roles. You know, the Eagles, I think, uh, will give Hurts every chance to succeed. You and I both think that he will. They did make a trade to improve their backup situation uh, and maybe get a little bit more of a similar player so they don't have to change the offense as much in the event they do need to make a change. Uh, I think that is really the reason they trade for Gardner Minshew. I don't think it is necessarily a signal that they're not confident in Hurts. But if he goes down or he doesn't pan out, they don't have to change everything they've installed all summer. Whereas Joe Flacco is just a statue. So, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah, agree with that. Um, now, not, not to segue too far off of the quarterback conversation, but I was thinking ahead of other wide receivers we could get if we forego this pick. There might be the possibility that Terrace Marshall could be hanging out if we don't go with him. Um, or if we don't, you know, if, if we're looking to go back to a wide receiver, uh, but AJ Dillon's still there. Justin Herbert went at the moment in time, Curtis, if AJ Dillon is there, I'm thinking that we would go ahead and draft him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, his upside, I think his upside Except is probably that, higher than Ronald Jones. Yeah. But Ronald Jones, I think has a more concrete role. Um, it's just, a, it's a matter of, you know, the, he just has to win the job. I mean, AJ Dillon has not won the job. I mean, AJ Dillon is in the complimentary role. Like he'll be usable week to week. I mean, if he gets the Jamal Williams touches, uh, he's going to be a problem. The team could opt to use him as the, you know, the, the goal line pounder and uh, affect Aaron Jones negatively that way. I'm still in on him for sure. Um, I think yeah. his ultimate upside is higher than Ronald Jones. Just depends on if we want to be, you know, are we, if this was like a redraft league, I'd almost be more tempted. It's like just just a, a standalone home league. I'd probably be more tempted to go Ronald Jones, but we're trying to win $500,000 here. I, I think AJ Dillon probably would be my preference. And I wouldn't even rule out just coming back with Ronald Jones at the 10 spot and then maybe just being done with a running back. Yeah. Um, when I look at it, the way the board's set up. Right. And then at wide receiver, I think you could sprinkle in guys like Sterling Shepard, KJ Hamler a little bit later if we were to do that. You know, an interesting thing here, which I don't know if we've mentioned this, Curtis, but there's actually two next. teams in this league that are not us that substantially went zero running back, now which is kind of shifted what clock. you're seeing at wide receiver to some degree in terms of availability. 
So AJ Dillon did go. He went at the 909 behind Curtis Samuel. Then Johnu Smith goes at the 910. So we are left now with the running backs being Pollard and Ronald Jones. If I look at wide receiver, I'm not super intrigued by any of those guys here. I think maybe we take our pick on Pollard or Jones, see what transpires um, until our next pick and see if the other guy goes. So who do you feel better about here, Pollard or Jones? I, th- I think I feel better about Jones. And I'm not saying that we would pass on Pollard even necessarily. Right. In round 10, um, let's, let's take Jones, uh, for the big swing. If he does win that job and lock it down, um, you know, that that's 15 seconds huge left for this roster. For sure. So, uh, we're going to lock, lock Rojo in. He has a week nine by, uh, you know, we, we were looking at Jonathan Taylor and, and Williams with week 14 and, and week 11 buys. So that works out nicely. Um, let's see what Hester does with his double tap. In our queue now, up next. Uh, I do have some wide receivers loaded up, you know, potentially that would be interested now, in, in round the 11. Clock. There goes Jalen Hurts. Wow. Dave. There goes <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Okay. Oh, boy. So, so question. So question. Yep. Um, we saw Justin Herbert go. We saw Jalen Hurts go. Do we, do we swing at Tom Brady here for this bigger teardrop? Um, or do we take Pollard and give ourselves even more running back upside? Um, if we were going to go wide receiver, I feel like we, we'd be a little early. Probably the three guys I'm most interested in here, uh, would be Rondell Moore, Henry Ruggs and Terrace Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The upside of Brady is really appealing to me here. I think my vote would be Brady or Pollard. Do you have a lean? Let's do Brady then. And we'll play them. We're only going to draft one quarterback in this draft. I like it. Let's do left. it. Yep. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You know, there was a part of me that was tempted to say, well, let's wait, let's maybe like double up on Burrow and Fields or something like that. Uh, but I have said all summer that I'm expecting pretty historic things out of Tampa Bay, if not historic, at least, at least, you know, very elite. Um, it's hard to know when or how in drafts to construct uh, something that gets the wide receivers involved. So Tom Brady is kind of a way to get in on that offense. And then, Hey, we got a Ronald Jones, Tom Brady stack going on. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's interesting. Um, but I mean, you know, we're, they can both hit. I mean, if, if Brady's throwing, you know, three touchdowns every week by the mid third quarter and Rojo's icing the game, um, I mean, they can, they can both hit. And again, you know, we're, we're looking at Ronald Jones as a rotational flex player slash by week coverage on this roster. So, um, man, I really like our, our trio of running backs and we're not overly invested. Uh, we right. didn't reach on anybody. Uh, we've got a, a great quintet of wide receivers that we're excited about, um, with Will Fuller as our wide receiver five, anytime that can happen, um, in a managed league setting, uh, you're, you're feeling good about that. So, um, we can really go any direction. I think we're, we're positioned now, Dave, to just, um, scoop up the value. Uh, we've got all of our starting positions filled. Uh, we have some really big upside, uh, at our, uh, kind of, you know, one and two flex spots. 
So yep. um, I think we, at this point we just load up our queue. We're transitioning to loading up our queue with, you know, best player available and, uh, and go on, you know, with that as our kind of overriding strategy. Yep. Now one comment I want to make notice that Curtis now said that we have loaded up the starters. And that's because when we're managing these teams, we are realizing that there's players that are going to be coming in and out of the lineup. So I prefer to focus it like to not focus so much on how I'm filling those positions. I'm thinking about that entire roster, different ways I can fill the lineup. Obviously this goes back to that concept of the race to win the flex, right? Um, so there's more, you know, I'm sure most people listening to this know that like you have not actually filled out your starting roster when you see that you have the two running backs, two wide receivers and the flex and the tight end or whatever your league has. Curtis, did I, did I make sense in that point? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Don't second guess yourself, man. It sounded great. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Um, as far as this draft goes now, Curtis, like you said, I think that we are at the point where we're just looking at those names that really interest us. Um, are there any names hanging out that you're really surprised to see are still available at this point? Uh, let me go back to the, uh, the draft applet. Um, yeah, when you get into the late 10th, I mean, we're talking around pick 120. Um, I think Mike Gasicki is a pretty good value here. I'd expect him to go, you know, the next couple of picks. Um, he's really the only one that stands out. Uh, I, you know, I think everyone else after that, there's, you know, some cases to be made. Uh, the next time we come around, we're going to be looking at pick 131. Um, so, you know, we've got some guys in our queue that we, we pray will, will slide that probably won't, you know, Tony Pollard, Kenyon Drake, uh, would be awesome. RB fours, uh, either one on this team and even Singletary to a degree. Um, we've got Terrace Marshall, Henry Ruggs, Hollywood Brown loaded up as potential wide receiver targets by ADP, other players in this range, Dave, uh, you've got, you know, maybe in the 12th round, a Jared Cook swing. <laughs> we know you're very high on Jared Cook. Um, and I, I see the path. I see the path there for him too. Um, so that's interesting. You know, we said we're committed to one quarterback on this team, uh, but just to call out the range of players available, you know, this is like Trey Lance territory, Justin Fields territory. So I'd expect some of the other rosters to potentially target those players, Joe Burrow in this area. It's an interesting, it's, it's a nice value tier. Uh, with no, you know, without necessarily having any clear guys that make sense. It's just kind of, you know, who do you prefer? Right. Uh, hey, to kind of transition, I want to quickly hit upon the two zero running back teams that have been built in this draft and get your thoughts on them. So the first one went Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, Jerry Judy, Jamar Chase. And an interesting move, they went Lamar Jackson, then Russell Wilson, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Alexander Madison. My thought there would be, as far as your running back options go, I'm not sure that I love the way that that was constructed. And I don't know about the Lamar Russell uh, back to back there. So before we look at the other one, thoughts on that team? Well, I think if if you're building a best ball squad, uh, that could make some sense. Even then, I don't like coming right back at Russell Wilson after Lamar Jackson in the sixth round. I think you took what was a very exciting five round start and, and you kind of just ruined it. Um, there's, there's no, he's probably going to have to, uh, he's probably going to have to, uh, smash purple, you know, the, the last uh, half of the draft here, there's no tight end through 10 rounds. Um, so we know this, this team's probably drafting at least two, if not three tight ends. 
and and I don't feel great about any of the running backs. I mean, we've got secondary backs and uh, in, in at eight, nine, ten, and Fournette, Melvin Gordon, and Alexander Madison potentially reaching on all three of those players in order to set them up. Um, so a plus for the first five rounds, actually even the first six, I like, yeah. I like the Lamar Jackson swing in, in round six, a plus great job from the five doesn't even feel forced at all. Um, but then round seven on, I think that attempt was kind of ruined. Yeah. And I, I hate to be critical of things because we, it seems like every draft we ever put out, we get a bunch of comments questioning what we're doing. So it's possible that, you know, this team works out perfectly for this person, but interesting way that that was constructed. Then team nine started off Darren Waller, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Chase Claypool, LaVisca Chenault, Corey Davis, Marquez Callaway, waiting till round nine to go AJ Dillon and then Sony Michelle in round 10. That team looks a little bit stronger to me. Well, I shouldn't say a little bit. I prefer, I, I prefer that team a lot compared to that other zero RB team we just mentioned. Yeah, it's great execution. Um, I do wonder a little bit about following Woods with Cup at the 3-4 yeah. exchange. You're not going to feel great about starting both. The, I mean, you're going to have to start both of them based off of the investment. Um, so, you know, we're in round 11. I'll be kind of shocked if that, if that guy doesn't draft Matthew Stafford here. I'm not sure what he's doing. Um, heavy in on the Rams, the Sony Michelle. The execution here is really is really st- strong, though. Um, not being afraid to reach a little bit on Corey Davis and Callaway to kind of complete that exciting, uh, you know, stack of seven wide receivers. And then you clearly see the upside with AJ Dillon and, and Sony Michelle. We talked about Dillon earlier, and uh, Michelle, even though he complicates things for you know one of my favorite players of 2021 and Daryl Henderson, certainly complicates it, but. For all the reasons that I like Tenderson, you know, I would like Michelle, you know, if he ends up winning that job. So this is a pretty exciting team um, with Waller at the top. And uh, I, I would grade this pretty high. Let's see how, you know, he completes the attempt uh, over the second half of the draft. For sure. Then we'll come back and talk about Pat Thorman's team um, out of the one spot. Very interesting team, uh, like many of the ones that you will see out of the one. But we are going to be up now uh, in... Five picks. There's four picks before we are back up. The players in our queue are Terrace Marshall, Henry Ruggs, and Cole Komet. Uh, I need to make sure that Jared Cook gets in there, so I just added him. Of that queue, I think that uh, I'm probably the most interested in Terrace Marshall right now. Yeah, I would honestly feel great about um, double-tapping the receivers here. Yep. Um, it, that would be my vote. Um, there's not really any running backs. So just for context, there's not really running backs, uh, that would appeal to us at this point. Um, Philip Lindsay by ADP is the most valuable non-injured back, uh, still in the queue. Um, you still see JK Dobbins hanging out there. It's just going to be a punch in the gut. Um, JD McKissick (laughs) does go in this range. Um, JD McKissick has around nine by, uh, that does cover Taylor and Williams, uh, does, you know, not great with Rojo. Uh, they'd be doubled up there. Not that that matters this deep into the draft. I think we would figure it out. James white. Um, we, we did go after James white in our other draft. Um, and I see the value there potentially. Um, I think I'd be comfortable waiting maybe to see if he fell to us in round 13. Yep. So I just dropped Kenny Gamble in the queue, by the way. Yeah, I like that. Uh, let's let's put James White and Gainwell yep. in there for later. Um, 
So I'm actually, still, I have, a, I have a question. Player that I'm not sure we've had much of a chance to talk about, but Tony Jones, um, the backup to Kamara. Yeah. Do you have a read on that? And if he's a player worth, um, you know, trying to target? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we can, we can use the latter stages of the draft to talk about him. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. So also recent next. picks just to get, catch people up. Ramondre Stevenson went at the 1105. <sighs> Kenyon Drake wow, at the six, on the clock. Hines, Russell Gage, J.D. McKissick, and Terrace Marshall just went. So <laughs> I guess Henry Ruggs here would be the play for me, Curtis. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's Ruggs. Uh, for 1202, um, this isn't a player I have a lot of, um, but especially with Mac Jones looking so solid. Jacoby uh, Myers? I think Jacoby Myers looks interesting yes. in the 12th round. I, I prefer, I think, rugs for the, the explosiveness yep. in a week-to-week start situation. So let's go there. We can consider um, Jacoby Myers in 12. I think Cole Komet is an option there. Uh, I, w- I think I would have trouble. I, th- I like Cook. I think I would have trouble with Cook over Myers or Komet. Okay. Um, um, well, so Jacoby Myers is I'm getting, open. you know, like buzz and hype off the charts here in New England um, this time of year. So I'm having trouble not buying into that. So I'm very open to Jacoby Myers. Oh. Uh, Cole Komet over Jared Cook. You know, I would I I would like to make an argument for that. I don't know if it's really that important. Um, you are up next. Oh, so Jacoby Myers just went. So... Oh, okay. Now you are on the clock. Uh, he follows that with Randall Cobb. Okay, so he doesn't hit our board up again. Um, so you know we're we're sitting here with three running backs. There's going to be some guys that we're we're interested in. We we, we put a little bit of a pressure on ourselves uh, for them to fall. Uh, so you know we went James White uh, last night. I think that might have been round 13. I can't remember if it was 12 or 13. Um, I think I feel best about, I think I feel best about, um, commit or cook. I'm open to white. Um, those are probably my three picks here. I'm going to, I'm going to ceremoniously give this one to you, Dave. Uh, those three, it's gotta be one of those three players. I'll tell you what I will go. um, 15 seconds left. Now let's do Jared cook. Let's do it. He wants to, well, let's, we're going to go on brand for Dave with Jared cook. Yeah, you know, I I would potentially let you have Cole Komet if this were not being recorded on the actual podcast. I only (laughs) think it makes sense that in what might be the last episode that somebody listens to before they go into their final draft of the year, they hear Jared Cook being selected by us. Okay, so you're going to give them that uh, that auditory recall opportunity there. Yep. Um, okay, so let's re let's recap the roster and uh, reformat for round 13 and 14. We're going to have to really load up this queue because you just don't know what's going to happen this late in the draft. Um, we've got uh, at quarterback, we've got Tom Brady, our running back trio at this point. Yes, that's correct. Only three running backs through 12 rounds. Um, Blair would probably argue that we're overweight on running back, but um, it's only a only quarter of our picks. Um, we have uh, Jonathan Taylor, Javonta Williams, and Ronald Jones. Our wide receiver room is now six deep after our most recent pick. Uh, we started Tyreek Hill, followed it with Tyler Lockett, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Gallup, Will Fuller, and then Henry, Henry Ruggs joins the fold. 
TJ Hawkinson and Jared Cook at tight end. Uh, really, yeah, really, really liking the squad. Um, yeah, really liking the squad. So round 13, I, I think running this next exchange, we need our RB4. James White just went off the board. We've got Kenny Gainwell, Rashad Penny, and Chuba Hubbard in the queue. Chuba would be interesting as a uh, you know potential hedge against Pat Foreman's Christian McCaffrey squad uh, <laughs> in this league. A little salt in the wound there for his, uh, his great start. Um, Jalen Rager is going to be in this area when it comes back around to us. Got to put him in there. I actually kind of like uh, Sterling Shepard as well. I, um, I would offer him up to this, into the mix as well as Manny Sanders. We had a long talk about last night. Have we mentioned him oh, yet? Yeah. If not, yeah, I think I Kurt, be. Curtis run us through the reason that Manny Sanders is an attractive option. Yeah. And so, um, so, and this is where you just got to know what format you're playing. Um, we've talked about some of the excitement around Gabriel Davis as a longer term play in Buffalo. You know, he really popped last year in fantasy points over expectation, you know, scoring, I think it was seven touchdowns off the top of my head. Uh, had that nice deep connection with Josh Allen. The Bills went out and and added, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, and all of the chatter has been throughout camp. You know, between Beasley's um, anti-vaxxing um, antics, I guess, uh, and you know, I think threat at one point even like hinted that he would sit out the season. I don't think that's going to happen at this point, obviously, but uh, he just seems to be stirring the pot there a little bit, and he's the slot option anyway. Manny Sanders has been lighting it up in camp. And so you have an opportunity for Emmanuel Sanders to come in, be the true wide receiver too, maybe even, you know, perhaps elevating the bills offense even further uh, than it was last year. I mean, that's really exciting. You get the number two pass catcher on the bills. I mean, Beasley was a wide receiver too last year. And so you potentially get Manny Sanders, uh, you know, gobbling up those targets and, and finishing as a wide receiver too, even at his advanced stage. Uh, he's he's found a way to fit into every offense he's ever played in. Um, yeah, you know, he popped in Pittsburgh, he popped in Denver, he popped in New Orleans, you know, he popped in San Francisco. I mean, he just everywhere that he goes, um, he figures it out. And uh, I mean, certainly, I think anybody could figure it out with with Josh Allen. So, uh, veteran presence like that, I would feel pretty good about stopping at seven wide receivers. Um, he does have a, a a week seven bye, which aligns with Gallup and Juju on our team. Um, but I would really like, you know, his, the coverage he would offer, you know, on our locket and Hill by weeks in the event that, you know, we fuller's dealing with a hammy or rugs doesn't pan out, you know, that type of stuff that we would potentially expect from our squad. Um, where would you be on Sanders versus Rager? Cause I think those are the, those are the two receivers probably in the range that well, we'd be discussing. You know, I actually think that I would prefer Sanders at this point. I want to kind of swing for mm-hmm. the fences. I, I could see Jalen taking a big step forward, but I actually think that in the amount of outcomes, you know, like I've talked to before about where like you can't look at the absolute peak outcome. You have to look at the concentration of those like, you know, high outcomes. I think it, it looks better for Sanders and you could probably even have a conversation about who actually has the higher overall ceiling. So I would lean towards Sanders. Yeah, I actually agree there, even as a huge Jalen Rager fan. Uh, just at surface value, even if we discount Manny Sanders to being the third pass catching option in Buffalo right now, yep. um, that would put them on, ev- on equal footing. We'd expect Rager to open the season as the third option in Philly behind Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, perhaps even the, wider, or the uh, fourth 
uh, highest target getter, you know, behind, you know, the combination of backs there. We think that Philly will probably pass less than Buffalo. Um, if, as they lean on Jalen Hurts's, uh, you know, specific talents, there goes Manny Sanders, nah, man. though, th- just three picks in front of us. Yep. Somebody, somebody's dialed in here, Dave. So the three <laughs> players in, yeah, the three players in our queue that have, that have lasted this far are Kenny Gainwell, Rashad Penny and Jalen Rager. Um, I don't see anybody else that's really, you know, jumping off the screen at me that we should add. I know we talked about so MVS and KJ Hamler last night. Their ADP is still a little oh, bit off, though. Yeah, but MVS uh, but is a we, possibility. We yeah, we we saw. Actually, I'm glad that you brought him up because we saw him go. I think it was right in this range. Yeah, actually, last night, and I was devastated because <laughs> I was talking him up. At, oh, I'm sorry, I, I missed what you said there. I was talking him up as a potential round 15, 16 turn target for us. Uh, on on the strength of Aaron Rodgers, really saying that MVS has taken a leap forward, uh, seeing the field differently, watching film differently, uh, is is you know behaving like a veteran um, in the room, and I mean potential potential wide receiver two, like actual wide receiver two, not just wide receiver two statistically, yeah, but actually the a real wide receiver two in Green Bay, you know, thinking back to the Randall Cobb days um, when Randall Cobb was young and not not this version of Randall Cobb. That could be you really exciting. Next. Okay. So I think I would actually prefer MVS to Rager here. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue with that. It, it, it's if we actually now make the push and go for it. Clock. Okay. Well, Washington um, team defense went. I mean, I'm thinking oh, we wow. could go. I don't mind going a little bit early for Valdez Scantling here. I'm actually thinking we go Kenny Gainwell and then hit that hit uh, MVS in with our 14th round pick. Well, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about that. We have 44 seconds. I, I just want to check Hester's roster and see what we think he might do at the turn here. Uh, he's pretty balanced. He did take Hertz. Maybe he would be interested in stacking with Rager. He's got four backs and six receivers. He could do anything. I think I would be more heartbroken losing MVS. Okay. Team up first. Okay. Like, yeah. If, if he takes Gainwell, I would be okay with Rashad Penny as a consolation and I actually okay. want to have that head to head talk uh, first too. So let's take him. Yes. I let you have Jared Cook. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to close down the middle section of the draft there, and we will be back on Friday to close things out. As always, appreciate you checking in with us. Thanks for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at RotovizFFShow at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.